All right, so <clears throat> the world continues to be on fire. Not a single person in the entire world can get their story straight. Whitmer totally flips on her position of protesting. And proposals are going through the Senate and the House left and right. They are dropping like flies out there. We are going to be looking at all of it today on the Holmes Politicast. So, again, everything is on fire. Um, we have had protests in Lansing turn violent. Protests in Detroit turn violent. Protests in Grand Rapids turn violent. Now, I will note that there have been peaceful protests in Flint, Marquette, and Royal Oak. Um, so, we're at 50%. That's an F for the protesters. Sorry, guys, you fail. So, I definitely want to amend something that I've said previously, is that I support the protests. I do not actually support the protests. I support the protesters' right to protest. I do not support riots, looting, all that needs to stop. But you have every right to protest. Uh, I don't think you should. I don't think you should be out there. Because what the protest is, is a statement. And that statement is, cops are racist in America and they are getting away with it. Now, there is no evidence of this, of course. Uh, there's no evidence that you know cops are racist in America or that any of them have gotten away with racist attacks. There is none. Uh, I asked on Facebook for uh, anybody to name me a single black person that had been killed unjustly by the police and then they were not brought to justice. I was not able to get a single one. Uh... I got a bunch of them that, you know, police were raiding a house that was suspected of having drugs. They had a warrant. They started getting shot at. A little girl died. Um, another another lady um, was getting packages at her home from a drug dealer. Her boyfriend had a gun. He shot first when the cops came in. You know, I've been getting a lot of those. Um, every time I look into the actual story, it's not really a story. It's just... A part of the narrative that people are pushing. It's just a part of the narrative, and I've been deconstructing that narrative as much as I can on Facebook. I can't. I mean, I can't. I can't engage with everybody. I've got some good conversations going on that I really wish I could, you know, take up, but um, I can't. So back to the protests. Um, nobody should be protesting right now. The justice system is doing its job. Uh, all you're really doing is giving a platform for the rioters and the looters at this point. And the message is garbage. The message is demonstrably false. So that's kind of my take on the rioters and the looters. Uh, so speaking of rioting and looting and protests and all that stuff, Governor Whitmer now says that protesting is good. Um, I mean, when we're protesting her, it's bad and she's going to punish us. And she's going to extend the lockdown. But when when it's a protest against something that she can use politically, you know, hey, that's fine. That's that's cool. Yeah, we'll go out and protest. So she does uh, with all of her Democratic friends. And um, it was it was quite the spectacle. And uh, of course, they all wore masks to virtue signal, even though they were outside and they were staying six feet apart. You know, they got to have the masks on because that's what they're saying. So and we've grilled her before for not doing it. So she's got to do that. 
But I think the real problem is that Gretchen Whitmer is supporting this message. This message that police officers suffer from implicit bias. Um, They are unconsciously hunting down black people or being more forceful against black people. Um, It's unconscious, so they don't know they're doing it. So there's, there's really... You know, a lot we can do about that, of course, because unconscious things we can fix through hypnosis or I don't know, something. Uh, but she, she believes more training will be um, necessary. Now, I've had this brought up by one of my friends um, that train, more training will be good. Um, I think, you know, maybe like, I don't know that it could hurt a ton. Um, but it just seems to me that the complaint is less about the police's training and more about the frequency of... So it's it's a confusing narrative because sometimes it's actually about the frequency of it happening. And sometimes when you start taking away all that and you say, no, look, there's, you know, they police commit brutality against whites, you know, more often than blacks. Um like on a on a per per incident basis, um, there is more violence against blacks from police because there's more crime from blacks, but that doesn't necessarily fit their narrative. So that's out the window. That that's useless information. So let me back up for a second. Uh, according to Statista.com, number of people shot to death by the police in the United States from 2017 to 2020 by race. Okay, 2017, white, 457, black, 223. Okay, 2018, white, 399, black, 209. 2019, white, 370, black, 235. Okay, 2020, white, 48, black, 31. Okay, so one narrative we can probably toss out is that uh, black people are being systematically hunted by the cops. That's obviously not happening. Uh, If it is, they're doing a poor job and they better up their numbers because they're killing more white people than they are black people. So come on, cops, what are you doing? All right. So that's obviously false. Black people are not being hunted down in the street by cops. Okay. Got that one out of the way. So once frequency is no longer an issue, then it's uh, an issue of the individual one. It is George Floyd mattered. He mattered, 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 mattered. Well, nobody denies that. Not a single person in the entire world. Well, okay, probably some people deny it. Uh, But for the majority of the people, I haven't seen a single person that was like, yeah, George, George Floyd deserved to die and those cops should get off scot-free. Okay. So if the narrative is not, the, the correct narrative is not black people are being hunted down the streets. And the correct narrative is obviously not that uh, this Derek Chauvin did nothing wrong. Then maybe we're somewhere in the middle. Maybe we're somewhere in between, right? Maybe we're somewhere in between all cops are racists. And all blacks are guilty. All right, I'm willing to assume at least that much. All right, without any further data. 
So next we should probably look at uh, who's committing the crimes. Well, I pulled up Minneapolis because that's where the hot spot is. That's where the accusations are occurring. Um, that's where the horrible police brutality happened. And it was horrible that he died. Um, I think that the officers should be charged with whatever they can charge him with. Um, and we should let the justice system do its job. Now, the second narrative that we're hearing is that police target black people more. That they are more the victims of police brutality because they are being targeted by police. Well, most available data shows that young black men are committing more than their fair share of crimes, okay? Let's just put it that way. So, in Minneapolis, uh, the statistic is very much the same as the rest of the state. Uh, they have about 18% of the black population, and you can look all this up. This is, this is not, this is me citing their, their, their uh, reports. So, 18.6% are black, um, and yet, in their own report from 2015 on crime... Uh, they only had homicides broken down by race. And, guys, I looked through 168 pages of bullcrap for this, so you better love me. Um, <laughs> yeah. I uh, Also, I will post uh, a picture of the page on, I don't know, can I, I... I'll figure out a way to put it on the website. Um, but anyway, the statistics show that black people are committing 53% of the murders in Minneapolis. Homicides. Sorry, I should be clear. Homicides. Now, that suggests a disparity in who is committing the crimes. All right. If the narrative is that the police are unjustly targeting black people, well, that narrative goes away if, if, if it's not unjust. If they're being targeted for a just reason because they're committing a disproportionately large percentage of the crimes that's see that's that's where i'm not on board that's where i jump off the train i i will say police brutality is bad we shouldn't support it we should try and get rid of it but i am not going to go along with this narrative that black people are being unjustly targeted i'm just not because the evidence isn't there all right. And we, we really should stop telling people that they're being unfairly targeted because when you tell people that they're being unfairly targeted and they're not, uh, it's going to make them be afraid. It's going to make them fear that you are right. Okay. You're, you're telling them something that is untrue and you're making them fearful. Look, for most black people, if you don't commit a crime, you're probably not going to either be bothered by the police or, or, or killed by them. Okay. And you know what? That's my take on it. That's that's all I've got to say on this. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've laid out two. You know, I've I've punched a hole, a huge hole, uh, in the idea that all black people are being hunted down the streets. Um, I think I've brought some pretty good arguments against the other narrative. We're gonna move on. Okay. So the Senate unanimously passed a bill in relation to, of course, everything going on. Um, Fox 2 Detroit is reporting the Michigan Senate has unanimously approved a bill that would require police to be trained on implicit bias and de-escalation techniques to minimize the use of force. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Um, I don't think it'll do a ton. 
Um, I made the point to a friend of mine that usually the aggressors are the people being arrested, not generally the police. I mean, sometimes it is the police, no doubt. Uh, maybe maybe a good you know share of the times it is the police. But I'm going to hazard a guess and say that based on personal experience of arrests, um, generally the escalation comes from the people that don't want to be arrested. Uh, I have been arrested uh, a couple times. Um, so I know that when you're pissed and you got a cop trying to handcuff you, you just want to dig a little bit. You want to be a pain in their ass. All right. They're, and they're going to they're gonna use a little bit more force if you're trying to do that. Um, and I, it's not outside the realm of possibility that somebody just digs and digs and digs until the cop just says, fine, I'm not going to let you move. Um, I'm not saying George Floyd did that. I'm not. I'm just saying that there is a possibility that, you know, implicit bias training won't really stop stuff like this all the time. So I, I guess, you know, go ahead with it. Um, let's see what happens. Fox also Detroit's that a black political consultant and former National Lawyer Guild board member offered up ideas to stem excessive force in policing. Well, since we just talked about that, um, here's what they're saying should be done. Uh, one, that there should probably be a cap on traffic fines. A state regulation that says no city should have more than 5% of its police budget or X percent of its police, police budget based on traffic fines. From capping the amount of money departments can take in from writing tickets to making use of force continuum more rigid like the military. Okay, uh, so I'm not sure why he's suggesting a cap on traffic fines. Uh, I don't really see how that's going to solve police brutality. Uh, if you have any ideas... You know what? Write them into me. I'd love to hear them because uh, this act, this article actually doesn't explain, um, you know, why Mr. Dennis Black is saying this. Dennis Black is the uh, black. Wait. Okay, so his name is Black, and he's also black. So that that may be confusing. So I I'm yeah, he is black. His name is Black. Okay. So I'm not sure why Black is saying uh, limit traffic fines um i'd like to hear justification for that because that doesn't sound really uh too uh intelligent i you know i, I can't really go anywhere else with this uh so uh, his next idea uh by the policy people are safer if it was the military the u.s army in the streets than it would be police in the way that they use excessive force um So I guess he wants to, it looks like, so what I'm interpreting this as is he wants to make the use of force uh, more strict for police officers, which, I mean, I guess we'll see if police officers start dying in higher numbers, if that's something we want to, you know, risk, but... I don't know if that's a particularly you know I'm I I, I maybe I want some policy that do, doesn't involve police dying, okay? I, you know I know there's some bad ones, but I don't even want them dying. I mean I don't want anybody dying. Um, so we got to find an equilibrium here. Like we can't be allowing criminals to be killing our cops uh, because they're not willing to use force. 
or because they're too late in using force. Because cops are actually harder to replace than criminals. Uh, believe it or not, there are more criminals than there are cops. Uh, so, I, I, you know, maybe try it. Try it somewhere and see. If cops start dropping like flies, it might be a bad idea. So, so we live in a republic. Uh, we can actually try this in a place and see what happens. Um, I think it will lead to more police dying. Uh, if there's some counter-argument, I'd love to hear it. I'd love for you to write into the show and let me know what that counter-argument is. I will feature you on the show, and we will discuss the counter-argument and my thoughts on it. And we'll, you know, maybe maybe I bring you on, and if it's intelligent, we have a dialogue. That'd be cool. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure why either of his two policies uh, are, are good um, so far. But... Some other big ideas he proposed. A permanent ban on police and sheriff departments receiving military equipment from the federal government. I think that's kind of dumb. Uh, they need that equipment when they're, you know, conducting drug... I mean, unless the military takes care of it. Unless the military uh, takes care of all of our local policing and does all of the police jobs. Like, I'm not sending cops into a drug raid uh, under-equipped. That's stupid. That is a surefire way to lose cops so two one of his proposals might kill cops the other one definitely will kill cops um that's this is a stupid one um so his next one is that lawsuits that lawsuit settlements from police misconduct be paid from their pension funds now this is one that i'm kind of in favor of i mean if if we want to make sure officers are going to be protecting the people. They're going to be doing their jobs. Then when they make mistakes that kill people that they're trying to protect, maybe it should come out of their hide. Like, I know I know they put their lives on the line every single day when they go out there. A lot of them in inner cities patrolling dangerous neighborhoods. Their lives are on the line every single day. Um so I'm not 100% in favor of it. But I think there's a conversation to be had there. Um, I don't think that all police officers should be uh, punished if one, you know, has usually has good instincts. And then one time those good instincts are in the wrong situation. And they serve as a mistake. That's what a lot of police violence is. That's what a lot of the, um, the things I've been looking up, like Breonna Taylor... Um, that's what those, a lot of those are. So, I mean, it has to be very clearly defined what this is. Like an officer has to be able to be charged with a crime and sentenced by a jury before this, before I would consider this. Um, and I think most officers might, you know, think that's a reasonable, um, solution. Uh, his next one is making sure officers convicted of excessive force or domestic violence cannot be put cannot put on a badge again. All right, this one I agree with. Um, if you are convicted of excessive force um, or domestic violence, I'm sorry, uh, you're done. You we cannot allow you to continue on um, using excessive force. If you're going to use it once, I think you know you're going to use it again, and you should retire before. And, and you know what? I would be okay with actually retirement with, you know, pu putting them into early retirement. Um, maybe not if they've, you know, if they've got, dang, 
it's so hard to just make a blanket statement because there are some cops that I'm sure have been convicted of using excessive force that their instincts, are, which are usually right, led them to do that. So that's a tough one. There's conversation there to be had, but um, I, I definitely think that you know, if domestic violence, you know, if you're not in the badge, you're you're fighting and you know you're doing. Um, things wrong, you're assaulting people. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't be in a badge. Uh, I don't know. The the excessive force, um, it would have to be really clearly egregious and maliciously intended, which I think there are already laws against, so not sure really if that's useful. But those are some of his ideas. Um, we want to be fair and we want to we want to give everybody's opinions. So there is Dennis Black's uh, proposals. Um, so email me right in the show. Uh, let me know what you think of them. So there's another idea coming from State Representative Sherry Gay Dagnogo. Um, and that's incentivizing officers to live in the communities in which they serve. I think that's a good idea. You know what? I'm all for that one. Uh, let's do it. Great. Great idea. Okay. In other news... Uh, the two Michigan Republicans leading the legislature. Oh, so this is M Live, Lori Gibbons. Um, so the Michigan lawmakers seek to question Whitmer on state's coronavirus response. So the legislature's probe into the state's handling of the COVID 19 pandemic is calling for Whitmer to answer some questions for them about her handling of the COVID 19 pandemic. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it looks like just a letter asking her to attend. Um, the letter reads With your participation, we can decipher these decisions in a more in depth fashion than with a departmental head or through a daily news briefing while upholding state government as accountable and transparent to the people it represents. I think this is a great idea. I've been wanting some questions asked of Whitmer by Republicans for a long time. And you know, she got a little taste of it in front of the um, United States Congress. Um, I, I Three-hour-long session, guys. I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, but this, this seems like a good idea. Uh, these people, you know, or at least Whitmer, she needs to answer for the decisions she's made because she's been the only one making decisions. Uh, she's been the only one with the, the authority to make decisions. So definitely she should talk to this probe. If she doesn't, um, you will hear from me for sure. Uh, so they asked her to do it by July 8th. We'll see. Um, Whitmer spokesperson Tiffany Brown said the administration will review the request. So obviously they didn't you know, say right out that they were going to do it. Um, they're going to hem and haw and see what how, how they can get around it, but... I don't know, maybe. Maybe my prediction comes wrong and Governor Whitmer actually decides that she should answer to the people for what she's doing. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong. But I'm not going to hold my breath. So another really uh, interesting thing, um, and actually, so I forgot about this one uh, before. I think it was, yeah, last time when I was talking about Whitmer's uh, lawsuits, there, there was a lawsuit against her by Representative Karen Whitsitt. Uh, who's now dropped the lawsuit uh, just randomly out of the blue. She's, you know, part of the Democratic Party. Um, and she just she just dropped him. No one knows why. 
she didn't make a statement. Uh, the courts didn't make a statement. Attempts to reach her were unsuccessful, so no comment. And that doesn't look fishy at all. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's going nowhere. Um, I'll, I'll keep you updated on all the nothing that that's going to uh, bring. So wonderful. We have our governor threatening Democratic officials now with uh, probably with censure and, uh, you know, losing status in the Democratic Party, not being funded for votes. So, of course, that lawsuit had to go away. Um, I'm not just saying that off the cuff either. Uh, Whit Whitmer, uh, this was already released before. Um, Whitmer texted Witsit saying, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm just disappointed you take your theories public without seeking to get answers first. Take care. All right. Well, that's ominous. Um, so don't say anything out loud unless you approve it with the party. And you better watch your back. That's Governor Whitless for you. All right. So we're going to move on to something uh, a little... So this isn't government related because... Because... Yeah, I, I just, I think this is a cool story. Not a cool story, but this man deserves some, so I'm, I'm going to let you judge this man. This, this man. this is a good man. All right, Detroit father of five, Roderick Reynolds, can't believe all, this, all of his hard work has now been reduced to rubble. So this guy, father of five, uh, looks like he's 32-year-old independent contractor, uh, growing up in Detroit, recently moved to Troy. Uh, so he's been he's been sinking money into this house, fixing it up. He said he sunk about $50,000 into it. Um, he went to his buddy's house, take a shower, took a little nap, came back. The house was burned down with his dog inside. Awful stuff. He lost his entire life savings, his work. I mean, this man is working his butt off to provide for his family. I respect that. You know, we've got, we've got a bunch of black people saying... Uh, right now that the, the entire system is out to get them, that they're being hunted in the streets. And this man is building a home for his family, not participating in riots. Um, looks like he's married to his wife. This dude is making good decisions. You know, he can't, he, he, he has, he, he knows that he has no one to blame but himself for the way his life goes. Yeah, there are certain uncontrollable circumstances like this. This is awful. This is just egregious. I cannot believe this happened to this man. Um, it doesn't look like it was, it was arson. Thank goodness. Cause if it had been, and this young black man lost everything because black people were mad that black people aren't being treated right. That would, I mean, that would be the most twisted, twisted sense of irony in the world. But I mean, it is happening. A lot of minority shop owners have been decimated. A lot of minority people have been attacked. Um, I mean, it, it, this, this, this isn't going well for black people right now. Uh, but this guy, this guy, uh, I mean, he's, he's doing what a father should do. He is stepping up and he is providing for his family and he just lost it all. There is a GoFundMe page. Um, the, wow, it's raised 114000 out of 100000 already. Uh, so, yeah, uh, if you want to donate i mean they've got the money but if if you want to give him a little extra hand i mean this this looks like a man that uh would not waste your help so uh definitely recommend taking a look at that and that is our show today ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining me 
on the Holmes Politicast. Uh, remember to go and check out our website, interact there. Um, check out our articles, our article. We've got one up. Um, uh, like us, subscribe us, share us with friends uh, if you like us. Or even if you didn't, maybe somebody else would like us. And, uh, you know, you can you can point them this way. Um, and even if you didn't like the show, write in. Tell me what you didn't like about it. Uh, you will be featured on here. First person to write in gets, you know, bragging rights. So, yeah, write in the show. Tell us what you think. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you on, Mon- or on Wednesday. And God bless.